0: by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two and the conclusion of a great interview with our good friend, Scott Wright. Now, if you missed the prior episode you need to go back and catch up because we laid the foundation for what he's going to be talking about today today scott is going to take us from where we are right now in 2023 through 2038 then to 2044 and to 2050 he is calculated out concludes seven thousand years of human history what does that mean well That's what we're about to find out. Let's jump back into the conclusion of this great interview right now with Scott Wright. I've said this, like I said, for years that, you know, that they have to have something to try and explain to the world why a billion people suddenly disappear.
2: Right, exactly. And I mean, that is that a possibility? You know, is that what they have in mind doing this? Even if they don't. Even could if they, they don't have that? it in
1: mind, could they use yeah, that's why I was saying could they use yeah. that as but could
2: experience? they potentially use that? I think I could see them using a lot of things because think about this. And I have I've spoken on the rapture before just that if it does happen, that it's going to create a vacuum. Oh yeah. In society. And something has to fill it. Yeah. And something has to fill it. And you know one of the possibilities and i'm not saying this is what's going to happen but if you if you remove the church the power of the church with the rapture and then the attack on israel by basically their enemies to the north and some of their surrounding enemies and they're and those nations are basically wiped out you're going to i mean that's a lot of that's going to be islamic that it's going to be an attack from Islam is what that's going to be. Not that you would destroy every Islam Islamic person, but you would definitely destroy their influence. Now you have the two biggest world religions, so to speak, gone, their influence wiped out. Something's going to fill that void. I mean, just like when Rome fell, things had to fill that void. And so, I mean, again, we have historical precedents to understand the type of things that could happen once those voids are gone, yeah, once those, right. once those control, you know, kind of those spiritual controlling ideals that have influence over so many people and not only in, uh, not only just normal people, but also in leadership and those things are wiped out. It is going to create a massive void that something is going to fill and yeah, what I mean. that is. I mean, the Bible, know. Talks about an antichrist and, you know, what exactly is that going to look like and and all these things. So, again, I don't I don't want to over speculate about that, but you also don't want to be blind to the fact that that could happen. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things you want to keep on the you got to keep it right there. I don't want to look at it like is my front and center thing, but I certainly don't want it completely out of sight, out of mind, because. I think part of the fact that we see like this timeline, what it really should do to people, and, and one of the messages I want, is that it should create a sense of urgency yeah. for us to reach others for Christ. Because we don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, like you said in the last episode, nobody is promised tomorrow. That's right. Unless the Lord has you know put a picture in your heart of what's coming in your life up to a certain point. But at some point, that's still going to end. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we are, our physical body existence is going to end at some point, Mm -hmm. but our Mm -hmm. spiritual existence is forever, regardless of what side of judgment that you're on. And so one thing that, you know, look, there, I actually was watching an episode of, and I I don't even watch the show much. I've watched a couple episodes, Joni Lamb. She had a guy on there speaking on their, and there, it's kind of a panel of women and they had a guy on there speaking, and I can get the name for you. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll look it up here in a minute. He has a book, and he basically died and was revived, I mean, s- several minutes later. Well, he actually went the other way. He did not go to heaven, but he did stand before God in judgment, and then he went, he went to the depths of hell. And it was really interesting. He has a book. He's written about it. He evangelizes now. He teaches people about Christ that hell is real. And that all of this stuff is there. And he he actually layers hell out in levels. It was really strange. But how he describes it, then I heard, I saw somebody else give a testimony on that as well. And they gave somewhat of a similar description. And I'm like, this is real. I mean, you know, these near death experiences, and they're not really near death experiences. They do die. And then coming back, you know, you cannot refute that testimony. Yeah. You know, somebody can, that does not have a spiritual mind with the Holy Spirit can twist the words of the of the Bible, but they cannot twist your testimony.
1: Amen. That's
2: right. They cannot change that, which is part of why the Holy Spirit is inside of us is it gives credit to the words of God. Because when they try to discredit the word of God and they can do that in their mind, they can't discredit your testimony. Yeah. And it makes the two work together. That's why your testimony, that's why people's testimony is so important. And I encourage every listener here, if you don't know your testimony, you need to walk through that. Spend some time with the Lord and walk through your personal testimony and write it out. When we, when I used, when I worked with a uh, crew, which was Campus Crusade for Christ back in that day, doing student ministry, we always talked about you need to sort of keep a timeline in a journal of your testimony. And write that out. Spend some time with the Lord praying through it and and writing out. That is an important aspect of your walk because it also, not only does it show you when you came to Christ and your growth, but it also shows you when you kind of walk off course and him pulling you back. And that can be used to help other people not to do the same things. Or it can also, you know, you can relate to other people in helping them see how powerful Christ is in your life. You know, I was just this, but after Christ, I was this.
1: Yeah. And that yeah.
2: testimony gives credit to that. So it really, what testimony is all about is about the idea of hope. Yeah, It really instills the hope out of the truth. Because at the end of this, when you, just like in our seven step process, the first part of the process is your faith in the right kind of truth. You know, Jesus says, In verse 18 of chapter three of Revelation, buy from me gold refined by fire. What he's talking about is putting your faith in his truth, because his truth is the only one that's going to matter. His truth is the only one that has real value. All other truths will not have value. They're eventually going to they're going to if you put them in fire, when you put gold in a fire, the only thing that survives that fire is the purity of the gold. Yeah, everything else is burned out. Well. If it burns completely out in God's fire, then it w- Then it is not his truth. It's completely gone. Amen. First Corinthians chapter three talks about that with the believer's judgment that we, you know, we call it that. You, so I tell believers, you don't want to live in spiritual milk. That's why you listen to my podcast, because that's what I'm doing. I'm helping people get out of drinking spiritual milk and getting into eating steak and lobster you and, Amen. you know, and fine dining here with the yeah. Lord. Because that's what we want to do is we want to move out of that. And so, but well, I'm going to come back to this timeline a little bit. Mm-hmm. So here's some things that are going to happen after 2038 that we do know. So in 2043 and 2044, there's going to be an historical event in the sky that we've never seen. You, you've heard of these tetrads. You know, like the four blood moons and all those things. Well, this one is going to be a super tetrad. And you're like, what is that? There is actually over a two-year period going to be, really in less than two years, but in 2043, 2044, there is going to be eight events in the heavens. With every blood moon, there's also going to be a solar eclipse. You can go read about it. I mean, this isn't just biblical scholars saying this this is actual people who study all of this stuff and give you timelines on when there's going to be harvest moons and all this stuff this is going to be a super tetrad matter of fact i don't even think the next one's going to happen until like the i want to say it's 20 is it like 2370 you'd have to look it up it is a very very long time after this okay so but in 2043, 2044, this is going to happen. What's also interesting is in 2050, 2051, if I'm not mistaken, I was looking through, there is another type of tetrad that is going to happen seven years later. Hmm. So just kind of some food for thought. I Like I said, I have broken this down. The other thing that I have done when I've walked through this is I – I was led to look at Hebrew dating because Hebrew dating is very different. Yeah. It's just, it's just straight on. They, they date it from the time of Adam and Eve all the way till now. And so they've had a scholar that did that. And you can read about this. You can research it and get all kinds of information. Most scholars, both biblical Jewish secular, they actually think the guys off by like about 156 years because there's some things that he may not he they don't think he included. And so that would actually put our dating listen to this. That would put our dating in 2038 around 5954. And there's yeah. some people that have added like 10 years to that. I've seen like I said there's some different scholars out there with a little bit different but that's pretty close. Yeah. 5954. Yeah. Now I want you to envision this. So let's say that and I'm not I'm not saying that this is definite, but just giving you a, a, an idea. Let's say that the seven year tribulation started with the super tetrad. Let's just I just kind of played the what if scenario, mm-hmm. and I said that is that would be like right around fifty nine fifty nine, and then it would end in fifty nine sixty six, and then you have the thousand year reign of Christ, which would put us at sixty nine sixty six, which I found that interesting. And then 33 years for Satan to gather all the nations of the earth and deceive them, that would put you at sixty-nine ninety-nine. And then the final fire from heaven comes down and consumes all of them, and Satan is finally thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur in 7,000. Wow. Yeah, amen. I mean, just, again, God is very organized. I'm not saying this is exactly how it's going to happen. I'm not going to, I don't want to go that far with it just because we don't totally know, but it certainly gives you pause to think about this in relationship to the numbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen.
2: So that would be right around that. Now I've seen some other dating on this. and, and, And if you're listening to this, there's other scholars out there dating this with a little bit of, a little bit of tweak. Some of them's got it like 10 years later, 15 years later. I've seen some different stuff. But I think most people agree that we are somewhere in the 5900s. Most of these biblical scholars think we're most likely in that time frame, especially if you add that 156 years to what that one Jewish scholar did. So, again, walking through that, looking at this, and I'm not and and don't be one of the and i'm gonna I'm gonna encourage you guys don't be one of these people said it is definitely on this date don't do that <laughs> the bible says we don't know the hour in the day yeah. so let's just let's put that aside but we do know the signs of the times right. and I don't have to look at any of this and and this is the other part I don't have to look at any of this dating or have been led to look at any of this to exactly what you're saying Bob to know that something's happening yeah things are changing rapidly. And I actually believe the advent of our technology completely overtaking our lives is a big piece to the ending of the ages of the church. Yep, I actually do, because think about it. What do we have now? We've got holograms. Well, having the image of the beast would be pretty easy to swallow. We are almost to a point of surveillance being able to track you yeah. 24 7. We're we're not there yet, but we're getting closer.
1: Real close. And,
2: it, and we are. And I mean, and just ask yourself, what will it look like 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. Well, what did it look like 10 years ago compared to now? And that should tell you. And we are in exponential growth all the time. It is just fast forwarding. Coupled with the fact that Israel became a nation in 1948 and saying that this generation will see it all. 1948 if you look at a generation as a hundred years that's 2048 yeah Amen. if you look at it from when they called all the Israel it, people of Israel back that happened in 1950 so that's 2050. if you look at when they took all parts of Jerusalem that happened between 1967 and then politically secured in 1970. Add a 70 years, which can also be considered a generation in the Bible, that's
1: 2040.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's in 2037 to 2040. I mean, a lot of things are just angling. It's not just one thing. I see a lot of events angling to this last half of the 2030s into the 2040s to 2050 that in that Really, that 12 to 14-year range, I think a lot is going to happen. Amen. I don't think we are totally there yet. I think a lot of people are saying, I mean, I I hear people screaming, the rapture's getting ready to happen. Just, I mean, just hang on because here it comes. And I hear, I'm like, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, but I cringe <laughs> when people say that because, they, first of all, they don't know. And number two, they haven't studied the historical aspect of this in the way that I'm presenting it and it's not just me, but even other scholars, I have heard a few other scholars say that just hang on. You know, there does seem like there's, they're not totally there yet to be able to do what they want to do. One thing that's going to have to happen is the will of the American people is going to have to be broken Yep. because America still controls the world. Look, there is a reason Russia and China don't combine forces and attack us because our military would disintegrate them within hours okay not days our military could literally disintegrate russia and china within hours and they know that they're not you know it's not publicized china and russia doesn't you know they threaten things but there's a reason they don't do it (laughs) so you know they're the retribution and the amount of technology that our military has compared to all the other worlds combined is is unprecedented. It's they 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 wouldn't have a chance. I mean, it would be over before it started. And they know that. So they try to do it in other ways. They try to do it through economics and other things. They're trying to gain their share of the pie, is really what they're doing, which has been going on. And folks, this type of stuff has been going on. I mean, we saw this culminate in World War One. This is why World War One happened. I mean, you can see all the imperialism and colonialism. And so some of those ideals are still going on with, these, with nation building today. And they're finding every way, shape, and form that they can do that. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't think this is something new because it's not. It's just the technology is far more advanced. And to think about a one world government, we, we've got now the U.S. trying to develop the digital dollar. That's a big deal. Not, not just the US. A lot of countries. And it's are China. Dying. Yeah. I mean, all mm. of these countries are doing that. So you can kind of see some of these things. That's why, like 10 years ago, I had a, a friend of mine that I would talk about this stuff with, but we both kind of said it's not quite there yet, but you can kind of see things on the horizon. Well, now I can see a little more on the horizon than I did 10 years ago. Mm. Not that it's there yet. I still, I still think we got a little ways to go. But that I don't think we have accepted. very far to go. You know, I and again that later 2030s makes sense. I could yeah. see the technology being advanced enough at that point to do what they want to do.
1: Yeah.
2: And and but there's yeah. been there's been a few groups of the higher ups, and this is not it's not even a secret anymore, that have tried to work ways to bring more formality to the global conscience and economically. Which is obviously the big one, I think. I still think the economics and finances are the big one. Mm -hmm. But calming down the militaries across the globe, getting it more of a, a one world order. You see that through global trade. I mean, all of the different of all of the connectivity globally that we have now, you you can see it kind of building to that point. Like I said, we're not there. Yet, but we are certainly getting closer for that being a possibility. And and to me, it's just it's an awareness thing. But the primary in all of this, Bob, and you you and I have talked about this. We need to be sharing the gospel. We need to be making disciples. That is really what Jesus is wanting us to focus on. And this stuff should just be a sign to create more of a sense of urgency to connect deeper with Him. So he can pull out of the calling out of us to go and make disciples of all nations. That is ultimately what he is telling us to do. Not, not get completely bogged down in this, but to use this as an awareness. We need to be aware of this. I don't disagree with that, but what I don't want to do is be so far just focused on this, that I lose sight of my calling.
1: Yeah. Amen. And
2: that, Amen. and 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 so it's that, and to me, it's just a balance, you know, it's a balance, and so that's why I love being on your show because <laughs> when we talk about this, but we also talk about sharing the gospel as still being the primary, yeah, and making disciples, Amen. which is what my podcast is all about, and and your interviews with all these other pastors and all these other leaders that you have had, I mean, their messages, whether directly or indirectly are basically all pointing towards that same thing too. It's that it we need to be answering our calling. Amen. We are the body of Christ. We need to rise up. And I am calling the church right here, right now, to get out of its comfort zones. Forget about your wealth. Forget about your comfort here in the Western world. And focus on your calling to bring forth the great commission. Our What the Lord has called me to do, is to speak to the church in a general sense to bring an awakening so that we will fulfill what, for some reason this has come to me multiple times in prayer and dreams and visions and just impressions from the Holy Spirit. He keeps calling it the great harvest.
1: Yeah.
2: So my thing is let's do what we need to do and let the great harvest begin. Amen. The great harvest to begin, because there are people that have had visions and I've had impressions of this. And I've had like I had a vision of myself standing in a river with just thousands of people in a line. Being baptized and it wasn't just me baptized, there were several of us out there baptizing people. And then the vision just ended and I've had that vision more than one time. And there's other people that have had some of those similar visions, but there's also and there's also people that have had the vision of there is one more great revival yeah. before all of this happens, and so we need to not lose sight of that. And I think this is a calling for us to rise up to God's calling to to have that happen. Man. But the church mm-hmm. is going to have to wake up out of its slumber for this to happen. Yeah, and I'm not talk. talking about denominational churches. I'm talking about the people. Right. And we're going to have to answer the call that Paul and Peter and the disciples had put upon them from Jesus. It is our job to finish what they started as the body of Christ.
1: Amen. Amen. God, this has been so interesting, as usual. Uh, If someone has a question about this or would like more information or they want to, to get in touch with you, maybe they want to do an interview like this. How can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: Email me at GCCGodCenteredConcept2038 at gmail.com. And that number 2038, now you should understand the significance of that. And, and really what in my heart 2038 represents is a call to fulfill the great harvest. That is a vision that has been put on my heart and I know I'm not the only person. the Great Harvest. I know I'm not the only person. I've heard other people actually use that term long after the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And there are people I've never even talked to. I just saw them post it. And I'm like, that was my confirmation that what the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart was correct. (laughs) I'm like, okay, the Spirit and the Holy Spirit was put on my heart that he's speaking to other people too about the same thing. And so what I'm hoping is, is that those other people that are saying the same thing I am, that, they're get, that the message is getting through for people to hear this. Because it doesn't matter what I say. It only matters what people hear and respond to. Yeah, amen. That's true. Amen. Folks,
1: oh, can there be any doubt? The soon return of Jesus is going to happen, whether you want it to or not. And it's happening soon. Whether or not I'm alive when it happens, it doesn't matter. Whether or not you're alive when it happens, it doesn't matter because all it does matter is your last breath better have Jesus's name on it. Amen. And, you know, your children, your grandchildren, you know, when you share the gospel with your family, when you share the gospel with your next door neighbor, or your coworkers, You know, I remember back in Bible school, and, and Scott, you probably went through this with uh, Crusade for Christ. The average person has to hear the gospel something like 47 times before they accept Christ. You don't know if this is the first time you've witnessed to this grocery store clerk or whoever that it's the first time she's ever hearing this or the 99th time. That doesn't matter. The average is 47. I mean, some people accept it the very first time you present it. Some people will reject it to their grave. But the average person is 47 times before they receive Jesus as their Savior. Our only job is to sow the seed. And that's what I do. When when I share the gospel with someone, well, I don't know about all that Jesus stuff. Anyway, have a good day. You know, whatever. They just brush me off. I turn around. The very first thing off my lips is, Lord, I planted a seed. You take care of the harvest. Because it's not our job to get them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to plant the seeds so the Holy Spirit has something to work with. Amen. And that's what Scott's been doing throughout this whole series, planting the seed, planting the seed. What seed is he planting? The soon return of Jesus is about to happen. And you don't know the time. It could be 2028. It could be 2050. It could be 2038. It could be 2030 tonight military time 8:30 p.m. wherever you're at you know you don't know you could get up and walk out the door from listening to this and fall down the stairs and break your neck your time is up the only thing you can do is give jesus the praise he deserves and accept him as your savior before you do anything else amen pray with me right now father in the name of jesus what i've heard Gives me concern because I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I would go to heaven if I died right now. So Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would come into my heart and create in me this new spirit man that the Bible talks about so that I would be right with you, forgiving me of all my sins, oh, even ones I don't even remember, washing it all away and giving me your new heart, a new heart, a new spirit one that's right with you and right with God. And then help me to fulfill my purpose for this life, the calling you give to me personally, whatever it may be. And we give you honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org because I want to rejoice with you. Amen. Praise God. Scott, what do we look forward to next time, buddy?
2: Well, we've we've got some other fun, different things that we can discuss. I've got uh, I've got some specific events that we can dive into that they're more characteristics of the church of today that I believe that we can talk about. There's some characteristics of some of the former churches that we can talk about that I think have a tremendous influence on us today and things that we need to pay attention to that I simply just haven't had time to mention.
1: <laughs> and so
2: we can it's it's Amen. almost another rehash, but. Yet we can. We're going to focus on some individual characteristics of things that I think are not only signals that we're approaching the end, but also signals of things that we need to have another awakening. And I, I think this thing of this great harvest thing, that general topic, to me is part of the significant end of the last stage of the church. Is something we we need to dive into a little deeper and something that we can discuss again yes. here kind of make a whole episode of that, maybe a couple of episodes of that, Amen. As, we've, Amen. as we've done with a few of these ages of the church.
1: That's right. Amen. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Praise God. Scott, I appreciate your time coming back on and sharing all this good stuff with us, man. It's been great.
2: And Bob, thank you. Time,
1: until next time, it's Pastor Bob the with Scott Wright, myself, reminding you to be blessed in all that you do.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.